We are reading 2 Chronicles chapters 3 through 4, 1 Kings chapter 7, and Psalm 109, here on Commuter Bible OT. Today we'll conclude our readings about the construction of the Lord's temple and the king's palace under Solomon's rule. We'll stop short of the dedication of the temple, which will begin in our next episode. Remember, before the construction of this temple, Israel had worshipped the Lord under the tabernacle, a mobile worship center comprised of varying poles, beams, curtains, cloths, and furniture that would be packed up and moved from site to site as they traversed the wilderness. This grand temple complex mirrored the layout of the tabernacle but was decidedly more permanent, marking a turning point in Israel's history. Feeling settled and more secure came with both blessings and warnings from the Lord years beforehand in the wilderness. 2 Chronicles chapters 3 through 4. Then Solomon began to build the Lord's temple in Jerusalem on Mount Moriah, where the Lord had appeared to his father David, at the site David had prepared on the threshing floor of Ornan the Jebusite. He began to build on the second day of the second month in the fourth year of his reign. These are Solomon's foundations for building God's temple. The length was 90 feet and the width 30 feet. The portico, which was across the front extending across the width of the temple, was 30 feet wide. Its height was 30 feet. He overlaid its inner surface with pure gold. The larger room he paneled with cypress wood, overlaid with fine gold, and decorated with palm trees and chains. He adorned the temple with precious stones for beauty, and the gold was the gold of Parvaim. He overlaid the temple, the beams, the thresholds, its walls and doors, with gold, and he carved cherubim on the walls. Then he made the most holy place, Its length corresponded to the width of the temple, 30 feet, and its width was 30 feet. He overlaid it with 45,000 pounds of fine gold. The weight of the nails was 20 ounces of gold, and he overlaid the ceiling with gold. He made two cherubim of sculpted work for the most holy place, and he overlaid them with gold. The overall height of the wings of the cherubim was 30 feet. The wing of one was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, touching the wing of the other cherub. The wing of the other cherub was seven and a half feet, touching the wall of the room. Its other wing was seven and a half feet, reaching the wing of the other cherub. The wingspan of these cherubim was 30 feet. They stood on their feet and faced the larger room. He made the curtain of blue, purple, and crimson yarn and fine linen, and he wove cherubim into it. In front of the temple he made two pillars, each twenty-seven feet high. The capital on top of each was seven and a half feet high. He had made chain work in the inner sanctuary and also put it on top of the pillars. He made a hundred pomegranates and fastened them into the chain work. Then he set up the pillars in front of the sanctuary, one on the right and one on the left. He named the one on the right Jachin, 
and the one on the left, Boaz. He made a bronze altar, 30 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 15 feet high. Then he made the cast metal basin, 15 feet from brim to brim, perfectly round. It was seven and a half feet high and 45 feet in circumference. The likeness of oxen was below it, completely encircling it, ten every half yard, completely surrounding the basin. The oxen were cast in two rows when the basin was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The basin was on top of them, and all their hindquarters were toward the center. The basin was three inches thick, and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup or a lily blossom. It could hold 11,000 gallons. He made ten basins for washing, and he put five on the right and five on the left. The parts of the burnt offering were rinsed in them, but the basin was used by the priests for washing. He made the ten gold lampstands according to their specifications and put them in the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He made ten tables and placed them in the sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left. He also made a hundred gold bowls. He made the courtyard of the priests and the large court and doors for the court. He overlaid the doors with bronze. He put the basin on the right side toward the southeast. Then Hurim made the pots, the shovels, and the bowls. So Hurim finished doing the work that he was doing for King Solomon in God's temple. Two pillars, the bowls and the capitals on top of the two pillars, the two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars, the four hundred pomegranates for the two gratings, two rows of pomegranates for each grating, covering both capitals' bowls on top of the pillars. He also made the water carts and the basins on the water carts. The one basin and the twelve oxen underneath it, the pots, the shovels, the forks, and all their utensils, Purim Abi made them for King Solomon for the Lord's temple. All these were made of polished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Sukkoth and Zerida. Solomon made all these utensils in such great abundance that the weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment of God's temple, the gold altar, the tables on which to put the bread of the presence, the lampstands and their lamps of pure gold to burn in front of the inner sanctuary according to the specifications, the flowers, lamps, and gold tongs of purest gold, the wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, ladles, and firepans of purest gold, and the entryway to the temple, its inner doors to the most holy place, and the doors of the temple sanctuary of gold. First Kings chapter 7 Solomon completed his entire palace complex 
after 13 years of construction. He built the House of the Forest of Lebanon. It was 150 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high on four rows of cedar pillars with cedar beams on top of the pillars. It was paneled above with cedar at the top of the chambers that rested on 45 pillars, 15 per row. There were three rows of window frames facing each other in three tiers. All the windows and doorposts had rectangular frames, the openings facing each other in three tiers. He made the hall of pillars 75 feet long and 45 feet wide. A portico was in front of the pillars, and a canopy with pillars was in front of them. He made the hall of the throne, where he would judge, the hall of judgment. It was paneled with cedar from the floor to the rafters. Solomon's own palace where he would live, in the other courtyard behind the hall, was of similar construction. And he made a house like this hall for Pharaoh's daughter, his wife. All of these buildings were of costly stones, cut to size and sawed with saws on the inner and outer surfaces, from foundation to coping and from the outside to the great courtyard. The foundation was made of large, costly stones, 12 and 15 feet long. Above were also costly stones cut to size, as well as cedar wood. Around the great courtyard, as well as the inner courtyard of the Lord's temple and the portico of the temple, there were three rows of dressed stone and a row of trimmed cedar beams. King Solomon had Hiram brought from Tyre. He was a widow's son from the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a bronze craftsman. Hiram had great skill, understanding, and knowledge to do every kind of bronze work. So he came to King Solomon and carried out all his work. He cast two bronze pillars, each 27 feet high and 18 feet in circumference. He also made two capitals of cast bronze to set on top of the pillars. Seven and a half feet was the height of the first capital, and seven and a half feet was also the height of the second capital. The capitals on top of the pillars had gratings of latticework, wreaths made of chainwork, seven for the first capital and seven for the second. He made the pillars with two encircling rows of pomegranates on the one grating to cover the capital on top. He did the same for the second capital. And the capitals on top of the pillars in the portico were shaped like lilies, six feet high. The capitals on the two pillars were also immediately above the rounded surface next to the grating, and two hundred pomegranates were in rows encircling each capital. He set up the pillars at the portico of the sanctuary. He set up the right pillar and named it Jachin. Then he set up the left pillar and named it Boaz. The tops of the pillars were shaped like lilies. Then the work of the pillars was completed. He made the cast metal basin, 15 feet from brim to brim, perfectly round. It was seven and a half feet high and 45 feet in circumference. Ornamental gourds encircled it below the brim, 10 every half yard, completely encircling the basin. 
The gourds were cast in two rows when the basin was cast. It stood on twelve oxen, three facing north, three facing west, three facing south, and three facing east. The basin was on top of them, and all their hindquarters were toward the center. The basin was three inches thick, and its rim was fashioned like the brim of a cup or of a lily blossom. It held 11,000 gallons. Then he made ten bronze water carts. Each water cart was six feet long, six feet wide, and four and a half feet high. This was the design of the carts. They had frames. The frames were between the cross pieces, and on the frames between the cross pieces were lions, oxen, and cherubim. On the cross pieces, there was a pedestal above, and below the lions and oxen were wreaths of hanging work. Each cart had four bronze wheels with bronze axles. Underneath the four corners of the basin were cast supports, each next to a wreath. And the water cart's opening inside the crown on top was 18 inches wide. The opening was round, made as a pedestal, 27 inches wide. On it were carvings, but their frames were square, not round. There were four wheels under the frames, and the wheel axles were part of the water cart. Each wheel was 27 inches tall. The wheel's design was similar to that of chariot wheels. Their axles, rims, spokes, and hubs were all of cast metal. Four supports were at the four corners of each water cart. Each support was one piece with the water cart. At the top of the cart was a band nine inches high encircling it. Also at the top of the cart, its braces and its frames were one piece with it. He engraved cherubim, lions, and palm trees on the plates of its braces and on its frames, wherever each had space, with encircling wreaths. In this way, he made the ten water carts using the same casting, dimensions, and shape for all of them. Then he made ten bronze basins. Each basin held 220 gallons, and each was six feet wide. One basin for each of the ten water carts. He set five water carts on the right side of the temple, and five on the left side. He put the basin near the right side of the temple toward the southeast. Then Hiram made the basins, the shovels, and the sprinkling basins. So Hiram finished all the work that he was doing for King Solomon on the Lord's temple. Two pillars, bowls for the capitals that were on top of the two pillars, the two gratings for covering both bowls of the capitals that were on top of the pillars, the 400 pomegranates for the two gratings, two rows of pomegranates for each grating covering both capitals' bowls on top of the pillars. The tin water carts, the tin basins on the water carts, the basin, the twelve underneath the basin, and the pots, shovels, and sprinkling basins. All the utensils that Hiram made for King Solomon at the Lord's temple were made of burnished bronze. The king had them cast in clay molds in the Jordan Valley between Succoth and Zarethan. Solomon left all the utensils unweighed because there were so many. The weight of the bronze was not determined. Solomon also made all the equipment in the Lord's temple, the gold altar, 
the gold table that the bread of the presence was placed on, the pure gold lampstands in front of the inner sanctuary, five on the right and five on the left, the gold flowers, lamps, and tongs, the pure gold ceremonial bowls, wick trimmers, sprinkling basins, ladles, and fire pans, and the gold hinges for the doors of the inner temple, that is, the most holy place, and for the doors of the temple sanctuary. So all the work King Solomon did in the Lord's temple was completed. Then Solomon brought in the consecrated things of his father David, the silver, the gold, and the utensils, and put them in the treasuries of the Lord's temple. Psalm 109 God of my praise, do not be silent. For wicked and deceitful mouths open against me. They speak against me with lying tongues. They surround me with hateful words and attack me without cause. In return for my love, they accuse me, but I continue to pray. They repay me evil for good and hatred for my love. Set a wicked person over him. Let an accuser stand at his right hand. When he is judged, let him be found guilty and let his prayer be counted as sin. Let his days be few. Let another take over his position. Let his children be fatherless and his wife a widow. Let his children wander as beggars, searching for food far from their demolished homes. Let a creditor seize all he has. Let strangers plunder what he has worked for. Let no one show him kindness, and let no one be gracious to his fatherless children. Let the line of his descendants be cut off. Let their name be blotted out in the next generation. Let the iniquity of his fathers be remembered before the Lord, and do not let his mother's sin be blotted out. Let their sins always remain before the Lord, and let him remove all memory of them from the earth. For he did not think to show kindness, but pursued the suffering, needy, and brokenhearted in order to put them to death. He loved cursing, let it fall on him. He took no delight in blessing. Let it be far from him. He wore cursing like his coat. Let it enter his body like water and go into his bones like oil. Let it be like a robe he wears around himself, like a belt he always wears. Let this be the Lord's payment to my accusers to those who speak evil against me. But you, Lord, my Lord, deal kindly with me for your name's sake, because your faithful love is good. Rescue me. For I am suffering and needy. My heart is wounded within me. I fade away like a lengthening shadow. I am shaken off like a locust. My knees are weak from fasting, and my body is emaciated. I have become an object of ridicule to my accusers. When they see me, they shake their heads in scorn. 
Help me, Lord my God. Save me according to your faithful love, so they may know that this is your hand and that you, Lord, have done it. Though they curse, you will bless. When they rise up, they will be put to shame, but your servant will rejoice. My accusers will be clothed with disgrace. They will wear their shame like a cloak. I will fervently thank the Lord with my mouth. I will praise him in the presence of many. For he stands at the right hand of the needy to save him from those who would condemn him. Today's episode was narrated and orchestrated by me, John Ross, and co-produced by the Christian Standard Bible. Thanks for listening, and remember to trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own understanding. In all your ways, know Him, and He will make your paths straight.